This is CPX number 48, Our Daily Bread, Prayer Part 6 in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 51 to 52. Question and answer number 23 to 30, A Closer Look at Communism. God give you his peace and nomine patris et spiritus santi. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, Treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine patris et spiritus santi. Amen. The fourth petition in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X under prayer, specifically the Our Father. Number 23, what do we ask in the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. Answer in the fourth petition, we beg of God all that is daily necessary for soul and body. Question number 24, what do we ask of God for our soul? Answer for our soul, we ask of God the sustenance of our spiritual life. That is, we pray the Lord to give us his grace of which we stand in continual need. Question number 25, how is the life of the soul nourished? Answer, the life of the soul is nourished principally by the food of the word of God and by the most holy sacrament of the altar. Question number 26, what do we ask of God for our body? Answer, for the body we ask all that is necessary for the sustainment of our temporal life. Question number 27, why do we say, give us this day our daily bread rather than give us bread this day? Answer, we say, give us this day our daily bread rather than give us bread this day to exclude all desire of what is another's. And hence we beg the Lord to give us in acquiring just and lawful gains so that we may procure our maintenance by our own toil and without theft or fraud. Question number 28. Why do we say give us bread and not give me bread? Answer, we say give us rather than give me to remind us that everything comes from God. So if he gives us his gifts in abundance, he does it in order that we may share what we do not need with the poor. Number 29, why do we add daily? Answer, we add daily because we should desire that which is necessary to life and not an abundance of food and other goods of the earth. Question number 30, what more does daily signify in the fourth petition? Answer, the word daily signifies that we should not be too solicitous regarding the future but that we should simply ask what we need at the present. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Okay, so now some of my own thoughts on this, but I'll mostly be quoting papal documents. Notice that when we talk about our daily bread, most of what the Pope spoke of today was not the Eucharist, but literally food that comes for your income. Why? Because the Eucharist is not bread. Remember, after the words of consecration, there is literally no bread or wine left on the altar. It is only the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm not honestly a huge fan of a lot of Eucharistic treatises on the Our Father on today's section, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. On the other hand, the Greek of the Our Father is super substantial bread, which does imply something so much more than bread. Uh, so it's fine to also understand this as the Eucharist. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of time to talk about the Eucharist in the future. So today we're going to talk about literally being given your daily bread. Let's look today specifically at number 27. It says, why do we say give us this day our daily bread rather than give us bread this day? 
And his answer is, we say, give us this day our daily bread, rather than give us bread this day to exclude all desire of what is another's. And hence we beg the Lord to give us in acquiring just and lawful gains so that we may procure our maintenance by our own toil and without theft or fraud. What's amazing is that Pope St. Pius X wrote this before the Bolshevik Revolution. So it's amazing he had the foresight to say, part of give us this day our daily bread is to exclude all desire of what is another's. Now granted, that was probably a problem in 2,000 years of Christianity, but he's very clear this is to ask the Lord, not the state, it's to ask the Lord for help in acquiring just and lawful gains, quote, so that we may procure our maintenance by our own toil and without theft or fraud, close quote. What we're going to look at today is a couple popes after him and how he, Pope Pius XI, remember today's catechism, all of our catechism is Pope St. Pius X, right after him during World War I was Pope Benedict XV, who started in, I think, 1914. And then in the 30s, we had Pope Pius XI. I'm going to quote you from Pope Pius XI, because what we see in a document, or rather an encyclical from Pope Pius XI, is a very deep look at our daily bread, but especially as we look at how communism staves this off in a very evil way. Okay, if you have a chance a little bit later today, look at 28 and 29, because this ties into our daily bread being opposed to communism. What was clear from Pope St. Pius X is the same thing that was clear in every 19th century pope, 18th century pope, all the way back to the church fathers, that we, whether you're a priest or a lay person, you hope for what you need as far as food, having food on your tables and a roof over your head, but then any excess goes to the poor. This goes all the way back to the church fathers, and you'll find this, ironically, in all of the papal encyclicals against communism before 1950. But wait a minute. Excess to the poor sounds like communism, right? And that's a little bit confusing to the modern American when I say that every papal encyclical on communism ripped on communism in the first half, but then also made it very clear we have to give a lot to the poor. So what gives? Okay, as I mentioned, our catechism today is from Pope St. Pius X. After him was Pope Benedict XV, and I think the very next pope was Pope Pius XI. He wrote an encyclical in 1937 called Divini Redemptoris. And I want you to listen to paragraph number 44. It's going to make you a little antsy, but ultimately we're going to see why this is an encyclical against communism and what this has to do with give us this day our daily bread. Number 44 in Divini Redemptoris by Pope Pius XI, written in 1937, quote, The rich should not place their happiness in things of earth nor spread their best efforts in the acquisition of them, Rather, considering themselves only as stewards of their earthly goods, let them be mindful of the account they must render of them to their Lord and Master, and value them as precious means that God has put into their hands for doing good. Let them not fail, besides, to distribute of their abundance to the poor, according to the evangelical precept. Otherwise, there shall be verified of them and their riches the harsh condemnation of St. James the Apostle, quote, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl in your miseries which shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be for a testimony against you, and shall eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up 
to yourselves wrath against the last days, end quote, end quote. So that was Pope Pius XI quoting the Bible, St. James right there. Now, to some Americans, that threat against the rich does sound like communism, but it's not. In fact, first of all, it's the word of God, because I just quoted from the Bible, or rather I was quoting from a Pope quoting from the Bible in an encyclical. But the subtitle of the encyclical I just read you from is On Atheistic Communism. Okay, so hold on. We're going to see why in the same breath that he threatens the rich with having too much stuff if they don't give their abundance to the poor that they could lose their eternal salvation, the main gist of this whole encyclical is against communism. It's going to make a lot of sense in about five minutes if you already don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, now in that same encyclical, Pope Pius XI wrote in 1937, paragraph 10, quote, Communism, moreover, strips man of his liberty robs human personality of all its dignity and removes all the moral restraints that check the eruptions of blind impulse, end quote. So again, here's the question. How can he say on one hand, direct quote, the rich must consider themselves only as stewards of their earthly goods and let them be mindful of the account they must render of them to their Lord and Master and value them as precious means that God has put into their hands for doing good. But on the other hand, right in that exact same encyclical, communism moreover strips man of his liberty, robs human personality of all its dignity and removes all the moral restraints that check the eruptions of blind impulse. Okay, it's actually a very easy answer. Here's the answer to the whole thing, and you'll see how this ties in to give us this day our daily bread. You are to give to the poor out of free will, not out of being babysat by the nanny state. Let me say that again. Christendom above communism holds this. You are to give to the poor out of free will, not out of being babysat by a nanny state. Now, here's why that's so important. Christendom, and remember, Christendom is that state of Catholicism when Christ has fully saturated all of society, probably in Europe reaching its peak around the 13th century. Now, the idea of Christendom, which is essentially that the Gospels lived out not just in an individual level, but in society, Christendom holds that the rich give to the poor out of two things. One, charity, and two, fear of hell. Now, those two things might sound contradictory against each other, but where they are linked, giving to the poor out of charity and fear of hell, you die with too many toys, is that both of those impulses are transcendent, meaning they face beyond earth to heaven and to hell. Communism, on the other hand, as we're going to see in a minute, it is entirely imminent, meaning it's based on earth and there is no room for God, and there is no room for freedom. Okay, so stick with me a little longer because this is important considering the United States right now is heading at a thousand miles an hour to communism. And you have to understand why Pope St. Pius X, in this section, you probably thought was going to be pretty innocent on just give us this day our daily bread. Maybe you thought it was just going to be piously about the Eucharist. No, he's talking about not getting your literally your daily bread from means of theft, and other means of not working for. And yes, he is talking about trusting providence, and in that, you give your excess to the poor. Okay, but again, how is that not the same as communism? Again, because the rich person in Christendom has personal freedom to choose to share or not to share. In communism, he is forced to share. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, we're going to see there's some enormous problems in the practical level, but even at the theoretical level, there's two major problems. You may want to memorize these. Again, Christendom above communism as far as sharing daily bread with others. The first is this. Christendom respects free will on giving donations away, where communism respects no free will. And number two, 
Christendom works better in helping the poor than communism, period. As I said in my interview with Father Altman, communism just makes everybody poor except that 1% of the ultra-rich who become ultra-ultra-rich. And that's exactly, by the way, what big tech is doing in this country now. Now, right now, it's getting played out as far as identity politics, gender identity politics, race identity politics, and health theater under COVID. But remember, as far as the economic clashes, this is exactly how it was played out in every country from Russia to China in the 20th century. And really, under this title of health theater and identity politics right now, that's the only difference. We're seeing the same thing that billionaires under lockdown are making more of their billions and small businesses are frequently losing everything. And yes, this lockdown is communism and it's meant to kill people like communism does. As I said in previous podcasts, yes, of course, COVID is real. God rest the souls of those who've died. But certain countries are admitting that those who've died from lockdown is 400% higher. So it's clearly not working, this lockdown business. Okay, if you remember just a little earlier, I gave you just a snippet of paragraph 10 of Divini Redemptoris by Pius XI, but I want you to just have the patience and listen to this entire quote because it's important. This is number 10 from the 1937 papal encyclical. Quote, communism moreover strips man of his liberty, robs human personality of all its dignity, and removes all the moral restraints that check the eruptions of blind impulse. There is no recognition of any right of the individual in his relations to the collectivity. No natural right is accorded to human personality, which is a mere cogwheel in the communist system. In man's relations with other individuals besides, communists hold the principle of absolute equality, rejecting all hierarchy and divinely constituted authority, including the authority of parents. What men call authority and subordination is derived from the community as its first and only font. Nor is the individual granted any property rights over material goods or the means of production, for inasmuch as these are the source of further wealth, their possession would give one man power over another. Precisely on this score, all forms of private property must be eradicated, for they are at the origin of all economic enslavement." End quote. Now, there's a lot of young people out there, I add on top of this is my words, Father David Nix now talking. There's a lot of young people out there that, I don't know, think socialism sounds kind of cool or kind of fun because they say, well, in socialism, everyone comes to the table and whether you have something to bring, nobody leaves hungry. Well, they've never studied the Ukraine where literally everyone left hungry after Russia came there. Even in 1937, Pope Pius XI knew everything communism already was about to do and was doing. Listen again in that list and ask yourself here in 2021 in the United States if these COVID lockdowns have done any of these 10 things he just listed. One, strips man of his liberty. Two, robs human personality. Three, removes moral restraint. Number four, no recognition of the individual. Number five, no natural right accorded to human personality. Number six, rejection of all hierarchy. Number seven, rejection of divinely constituted authority. Number eight, rejection of individual property rights. Number nine, rejection of individual production. Number 10, eradication of private property. Okay, now when I looked at all of those before I made this video, by my account, I believe these COVID lockdowns have done nine of those 10 things. 
And the only one excluded was that removal of moral restraint. I think that was number four. Because public schools and the media have already done this, as well as women in the workforce and everything else that has totally disintegrated the family. And of course, if there's women who have to work, I'm not ripping on that. I mean, when people want their second yacht and no one's raising the kids except daycare, they really shouldn't be surprised that the kids are addicted to very bad things on screens. And anyway, Marx himself teaches this. He teaches communism will only work once the moral fabric of society is torn, especially sexually, he says. Well, mission accomplished. So of all those 10 things, one of those, the eradication of moral restraint was already done. But then nine of those 10 things came in in a very pronounced way in 2020 and 2021 in these COVID lockdowns. Okay, but what does any of this have to do with our daily bread? Because the popes are telling us, as have every pope since Jesus, that we trust providence, not the state, to provide for us. That's what all this has to do with communism. Our daily bread specifically means we trust providence to provide for us. And that doesn't mean laziness. That means we still have to work for our daily bread, but we don't trust the state. Because, you know, when we look to the state to provide for us, and I don't mean you're a bad person if you've ever gone on employment or you need COBRA for healthcare, or even if you're on welfare for some of your life. I'm not making a moral judgment on that. And I don't blame you, by the way, if you're some family with five or 10 kids out there and you're saving up land or cows or gold or silver or cash or resources for your family for what's coming. Because when Pope St. Pius X wrote this, we didn't have people like Gates, Fauci, and everyone who's gonna totally tank the entire world economy and the last thing we may have is land and cows and gold and stuff. So, you know, uh, I hope they, I hope the popes wouldn't disagree with me in saying it's okay to save up. Especially, I think that if you're doing all this prepper work, you're also including with foresight the idea that you're going to help some poor Catholic families when everything tanks. Maybe some of these poor Catholic families have not prepped as hard as you, and hopefully they're willing to work as hard as you if everyone goes rural. Now, I know there's probably some people who say, well, this this sounds insane. Father Nix sounds like he's lost his mind talking about prepping. Here's my answer to that. Just read any history book from the 20th century and see this. When a state takes away its people's freedom in favor of a nanny state, taking from the rich and giving to the poor, deciding who's going to do what, it never works. And I don't mean it doesn't work as far as like, oh, there's a couple small business people who had reduced incomes. I mean... It kills millions and millions of people. Because again, here's how communism works. The rich do not give to the poor, but the rich become poor. Well, then who gets rich? The ultra-rich become ultra-ultra-rich. And in doing that, they kill millions, not just by starvation, and then you add suicide on what we're doing with the lockdown now, but also by directly killing anybody who does not sign on to socialism. Let me say that again. They kill anybody who does not sign on to socialism. Do your own research. In the 20th century, communism killed over 100 million people, almost always their own citizens, by most accounts closer to 150 million of its own citizens in the 20th century. The Holocaust, they say, killed 6 million people. Some say it's up to 11 million that the Nazis killed. But even at the highest estimates of Nazism at 11 million, you compare that to the highest estimates of communism killed, 150 million and the difference is 14 times. In other words, communists in the 20th century killed 14 times what the Nazis did. You were no better being a communist than a Nazi. Again, 1,400% more people were killed by communism than Nazis in the 20th century. 
And this is why we rely on each other, not the state, to provide our daily bread. Please say an Our Father for me, et benedictio Deum et Patentis, Patris, Filii, Spiritus Sancti, descendit super vos, et maniat semper. Amen.